Hello, my name is Carl Lloyd Hauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. So we are in the middle, we're seven days into our prayer and fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting. How's it going for you guys? You all right? So um, I just today, I broke my seven-day fast, and uh, so now it's media for me. So I put my phone down, not going to look at any media for the next seven days. And so we broke the fast, actually. We went to uh, Denny's this morning, my family did, and I got this, like, uh, the I don't know what it had, chorizo and eggs and this skillet and all that, and right now it feels like there's a brick right in here. And so if you see me just uh, hastily run off, um, I am a cautionary tale of what not to do after seven days of no eating. You don't just take a grease bomb right after that, but that's, that's what I've done. So we'll see how it goes. So far, so far it's worth it. I'm going to tell you, it was worth this. It was awesome. It was good to eat. So uh, I hope your uh, prayer and fasting is going well. And listen, this is such an important part of who we are. And I want to thank you uh, for praying and fasting and being part of this. You know, um, we are a different church uh, than we were in the past. And so we're a discipling church and an evangelizing church and a moving in the spirit of God church and a connected church. And I think the reason that we're a different church is because we have become a praying church. And uh, I think that so much of what we're seeing and what we're going to talk about today is because of your prayers. And so we started last year with praying and fasting and a 24-hour prayer vigil, which we're doing again. And God is answering these prayers and God is moving in our midst. Uh, So like Eric and uh, Renell said, we're doing our state of grace uh, this week, which is just, it's different than any other week. If you don't like it, come back because it's different. Next week, I'm going to preach, okay? And we're going to talk about where we're going and talk about what the word of God has to say. But we do have in our bylaws to, once a year to have a kind of a business meeting. And that's what this is. Uh, we're going to talk about what happened. And so, uh, and if you do like it, come back because you could be part of it and continue to move forward. So, um, and, but what happened, we said last year uh, that we felt like God was asking us to move forward and overflowing. And if you remember, I talked about how we need to find these jars and just get ready for the containing of what God wants to do, that he wants it to overflow. And that's really what happened uh, this last year. And it happened because of your prayers, in my opinion. So thank you for praying. We're going to keep going forward. And so I'm going to start, uh, as I do with this talk every year, I'm going to tar- start, yeah, excuse me, begin with some data, with some uh, numbers. So if you want to bring up that first, our financial slides, we want to give you a picture of uh, this is everything that came into grace and then everything that went out of grace. And so this is where it all goes. And I, I thought it'd be easiest for you to understand it if we put it up next to 2021. And so you'll notice that it was pretty similar. And that's not a surprise because we build every budget based on what happened the year before. And so that's where uh, your giving and tithing and offering went. Uh, there are a couple exceptions. Uh, everything else uh, was within three points uh, or less of where it was last year, except if you look up at the facilities and the mortgage. Now that's everything that goes to our mortgage, everything that has anything to do with any building uh, that we do at all. And you'll notice that it's 14 points less than it was the year before. And that was simply because if you remember in 2021, uh, we purchased the land to the north of us, that property. We were able to pay cash for that, uh, but that's reflected in the 2021 financial report. So that's why that one is different. But uh, you know, the exciting part about that is that uh, we are putting more money towards our mortgage. The council has led us to put about, uh, whenever we have this abundant strategy is what it's called, 
And uh, that is simply when you give more than we budgeted and we keep things uh, right online, we take that abundance and we use it towards different things. And part of that goes to debt. So we were able to put an extra $30,000 this year towards our mortgage. And I mean, when I first got here um, 15 years ago, I think that we owed about $2.8, $2.9 million on this building. And so in, in March now, uh, we are going to get down from six zeros to five zeros. We're going to break a million here and we're going to knock this thing out. And one of the things uh, that I'm hoping for and praying for that I'm committed to do is uh, by the time that, that God moves me on or whatever and the next pastor comes, I want that to be debt free. I don't want them to have to worry about a mortgage. I want to pass that on without that. So we're committed uh, to chewing that up and getting out there to councils doing a great job with that. So um, another piece that you see that has changed is uh, missions, and that has actually gone up seven points. And so missions is really anything that kind of comes in this way, and then we just send it out to someone else. So that's our tithe uh, that we give to our denomination. Uh, that's how we support our missionaries. That's benevolence. It's really any just funds that, that are funneled through grace that go to other ministries and that we bless other ministries with. Now, the big story on that is really Ukraine. And you remember Alex and Jan Wall came up at the, towards the beginning of the year and they stood before you and she grew up in Ukraine and she talked about the great need there because of the war and uh, asked you to help give. And so you gave about $92,000 uh, towards that throughout the year, which is crazy. Yeah, we could clap about that. And so that's been going out, and primarily, um, so Yana has an uncle there who uh, is a pastor, and through him and some other connections and other ministries, most of it has gone towards food. And so there's a, uh, a worker there that uh, we send about $5,000 a month to him right now, and he just buys these bags of food, loads up his van every week, drives down to the most war-torn parts of the country, and helps people survive. And it's also gone to some generators, some building product projects and things like that. Uh, but that's a huge thing uh, that you did, and so really thankful. Another part of uh, those finances, uh, when we have an abundance, some of it goes to debt. Another part of it goes to what we call the storehouse solution. And now this started a number of years ago. Some of you may remember this, where uh, there was another church in town uh, that just had come on hard times. And they had some shifts, and financially they were having difficulty. So our council decided to take $6,000 and just send it to this church in town, and then send a few, few more thousand to the pastor to take care of them. That was where the storehouse was born. And the idea is that we want to have um, funds available when there is need in our community that we can just help. And so we had about $40,000 come in that we were able to move out through those types of things. And it goes to other ministries. It goes to needs we have like dental bills or you know people need help with their rent or other ministries need help. Uh, for example, Shining Light, which is a, a mission that we support in northern Pakistan. Uh, the pastor over this amazing ministry that has a school there that people come from all over the country country to educate their kids in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is just amazing, in this uh, Muslim country, um, their pastor needed a break. And so uh, he was just burned out. And so we were able to send a few thousand dollars over there with some other churches uh, to get him uh, just into some counseling, some time off, went over to Thailand for a little while and got refreshed. So those are types of things that you did. Or another really cool thing, uh, Joseph and Maleo Drago, who are in uh, Togo, they run the YWAM base there. Uh, they 
they needed some help with their water tower. And so they, uh, the water system's messed up. They can't get water on many days because the pumps are broken. So they're building this water tower so gravity can help them get the water where they need to. They just need to service one or two pumps. And so that's a, they needed about $30,000 to complete it because their construction costs uh, went up like it did everywhere. And so uh, we took $15,000 from that storehouse and we gave it to them. But that's not the end of the story. So then I was talking with Malaya and Joseph at lunch. I said, hey, you, have, you might want to go up to our Delta campus and see if they could help with this need. So they're like, all right, we'll give it a try. So they went and presented that need to the Delta campus. And uh, Brian, our uh, campus pastor there, and another one of his leaders said, you know what, I think we can attack this right now. So they took an offering right there and they raised another $17,000. Yeah, isn't that cool? And they just knocked that thing out and they took care of it. So, you know, I say all that. You know, there's, uh, of course, uh, that storehouse and then just regular benevolence. We're about $1,000 a month. Uh, people come in for rent help, utility help. Uh, they just need some help uh, kind of getting the bills done uh, for the month. And so they come in through this process and uh, you just allow that to happen. So I just want to thank you for your generosity there. That's one of my favorites. I love to give things away. And it's so fun just to be able to funnel it and be part of that. And thank you so much for your generosity that allows that to happen. And that's, uh, you know, it grew from 6,000 to hundreds of thousands of dollars that, go, that goes out into this community, that goes out to ministries, and uh, you make that happen. So that's that, uh, those data. A little more data and a little more figures. So if you want to bring up those attendance slides. So this, uh, I can't quite tell with the way that this uh, slide is built, but if you look at the blue, um, so our, the Montrose campus now, that shows our average weekly attendance. It looks like about 750, but that, that's skewed. It's actually around, we're just under 1,100 people people who come here every single week on average. So that's if you include uh, summer, you include everything, uh, you know, the highs and lows. It's uh, about a little under 1,100 per weekend, which is the highest attendance we have ever seen at this campus in the history of our existence. Now, if you look at that slide, you'll see something happen in 2020. I'm not sure, but it was a little rough on us and uh, things went down, but we're bouncing back uh, from that. And our uh, Delta campus also is, uh, they're actually at the highest attendance that, that, that we've ever seen there. And about 270 people on average are coming to that uh, piece. And so, you know, Christmas here was insane. If you were at the New Year's prayer service, you probably heard a little bit more about that. We had 500 people more than we've ever had at a Christmas, uh, almost 2,500 people, 109 people give their lives to Jesus. You know, God, yeah, praise God. We were moving like crazy. So I love it. You guys are clappy today. It's good. Be cla this is a good day to be clappy. So praise God. Keep clapping there. And then um, one last thing on that slide is you'll see the video. Uh, that's our online campus. It just keeps growing. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what that means. That's, that's views. And so that means, you know, watching part of it or watching all of it. I don't know exactly how many people are there, but we know that our, there's hundreds of people who join us online. We're glad that you're with us right now on, online. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we just see that growing. And I, I got to mention it because this production team has worked so hard to make it an effective experience so people could connect with God, people could connect with the work of God. Uh, if they're choosing to join us online. We've got people in different states and all over that are doing that. All right, one last slide uh, that I want to bring up with some data, and that is uh, uh, one of my favorite slides, and that's, I call this the harvest slide. And so this shows uh, the number of people who have given their lives to Jesus. So we saw 264 people receive Bibles and say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus this year. Those are the ones that we know of uh, that we counted. And then um, the thing I'm excited about, though, is 106 baptisms, uh, because that's 106 people who not only just said, yeah, I, I want Jesus, but I'm going to obey him. 
and I'm gonna start working forward uh, towards what he's asking me to do, and they're gonna literally dive into the water. And um, I love our, our baptisms, and I just wanna see that. I'm praying that that's a trend, that we see baptisms continue to grow and move forward. But you know, with all those numbers, it's really easy to kind of get lost of like, yeah, okay, that many, this many, that many. And I just want you to understand that every single number is a person. And every single person, I mean, is a story and a transformation, and it's generations and people all around them that have been impacted. So I just wanted to share one, just one kind of typical baptism story uh, that we had at this last baptism. If you would please show that, I'd appreciate it. My name's RJ. Being at Grace has really been amazing for me. Um, I've had a really rough life. Um, I've had a really, really interesting time in the military, and I... I have a lot of baggage that I hold on to, and just being in a faith and, and having faith in the Lord, it, it's definitely made my eyes open a lot wider, and I can feel His influence in my everyday life, and it's amazing. Uh, trying to do it by myself isn't working, so having that that structure of my Father's going to help me, and no one can stop Him, that's the best feeling in the world for me, and I love it. I've kind of refound my faith. I grew up, my dad was an atheist and it wasn't a good environment for religion. And on his deathbed, he actually accepted, you know, Jesus Christ. And it was amazing to see that. And my life's been complicated, like I said, and it's, um, it's the time, the time is right to make a big change and I'm ready, I'm ready. I went to service last Sunday and I had no intention of getting baptized. And I came home and I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it because it just, just walking in here and, and talking with Pastor Carl and all everyone else, it just, I knew it was a time and, and you're gonna have that moment. You have to just have faith because trying things on your own for so long, it, it's hard. Life's hard out there. And especially with the family, there are days where you don't know if you're gonna pay a bill or get food. And having that, that faith in Jesus Christ is definitely helping and it'll help you too. RJ, is Jesus your Lord? Yes. Lord God, I just thank you for that profession. Lord, I thank you for uh, how you've brought RJ out of uh, difficulty. And uh, Lord, that you've just drawn him near. I thank you how you love him. And RJ, as I was praying for you, I felt like God says that you're a mountain mover. So Lord, I just uh, thank you that with uh, faith as small as a mustard seed, Lord, not by his strength, not by what he can do, but Lord, if he'll just walk with you, if he'll put his faith in you, if he'll obey you, Lord, that he's going to move mountains. So Lord, I pray that you would fill him with the gift of faith. Lord, that you give him discernment, that you give him endurance, that you give him great insight and understanding that he would know what he needs to do, Lord, to move those mountains that are in the way of others in the, the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have a, a man here who's ready to work for you, who's been called to work and to change this world. And I thank you, God, that in you, in you, Lord Jesus, he has what it takes to do it. So fill him, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Fill him with gifts. Fill him with grace. Lord, let him walk in uh, the call that you have put on his life to go deeper and deeper with you in Jesus' name. So plug your nose for us. We baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to show you that because I wanted to remind you that every number is a story like that. 
You know, every single one of those, we're talking hundreds of people who have stories like that, that I was an atheist, I grew up with an atheist father, now I'm a follower of Jesus, now I'm a mountain mover. You know, and so that's what God is doing in our midst, and it's beautiful. But you know, the, the big thing, the big story that I wanted to talk about, the big change, the overflowing that took place uh, this last year was really, it was you. And uh, we are, as I said, a different church. And your buy-in, and you're moving into discipleship, and you're moving into service, and you're moving into connection, and you're moving into giving. And this has really become we the church as it's supposed to be. It's not the church up here while you sit there. This is the church. And this has been an amazing transformation, and it's been so fun to watch. And I just want to thank you for stepping in. It has been beautiful to see you being the church. You have really, really changed, and I love seeing it happen. And so we see, see this in evidence, like in our biggest growth in small groups, they're still just going crazy. And, uh, you know, I've, I have friends who uh, are in small groups with me right now that just say, uh, my life has just changed uh, in the last few years because I'm stepping in, because I'm getting connected, I'm being discipled, and I'm giving it away and discipling others. And uh, so we had, I don't know, three or four years ago, about 17 small groups. And now this year, we've got 77 small groups with 600 people in it. I mean, that's more than half of our church is stepping in and being discipled. Yeah, that's exciting to me. And then growth track, that's the place where we step up and we say, you know, if you give us three weeks in growth track, we'll get you started. And, and so throughout growth track, since it started, we've had 179 people go through growth track. And uh, right now we have 400 dream team members at this church. And so that's 400 people who are giving and serving. And you all know, like if you ever taught, has anybody taught anything here before? Who learns the most? Always the teacher, right? You ever serve to lead something? Who grows the most? You know, it's the one who serves. I mean, you need to serve. I always tell our children's ministers, I said, don't be shy to ask people to serve. You're doing them a favor. You're, you're giving them an opportunity uh, to serve and to step in for their lives to be changed and they get to touch uh, eternity. So we're, we're not shy about saying you need to be in there. And really, we mean it. It's for your sake, uh, not just for the sake of the people that you're gonna touch there. So uh, we've got a growth track uh, today and it starts at six o'clock. And listen, if you come for the next three weeks, we will get you started. We will help you get going to find a way that you can serve and use what God has put into you. Uh, another place that's been overflowing for us is youth ministry. It's just going crazy. So we've had about 150 kids coming on uh, our midweek and then a bunch of other kids coming during the other things throughout the week. Uh, our gym's diner where we feed those uh, high schoolers. They come in every Wednesday. We give them a meal. They come over here from the high school and uh, just have a positive place to be, a place where they're going to be loved on. We've seen about 120 kids come into that. We go pick them up with the trolley now. I love that. And then drive them over here. And it's, uh, that thing is just popping right now. Um, and I'll tell you, as a, a father of a sixth grader, um, it, the, another exciting thing about youth ministries, we're seeing the youth disciple youth. Uh, my daughter, Naya, she's in a group right now with a bunch of sixth graders, and it's being led by two freshman girls. I love that, that they're pouring in. Yeah, isn't that cool? And so we've got a number of groups like that where it's just overflowing. And you know, as a church, I think we've, as our, our legacy, we've been good at evangelism. And uh, we want to keep that going, and I'm proud of that, and I think it's so important. But I think I could say for the first time that, you know what, we aren't so bad at discipleship either now. And that's usually been kind of our weak spot, but that's just growing and getting better. And so now when people get saved, we're actually taking them somewhere and helping them go forward. And that's you. You're the one that's doing it. So I wanted to thank you for that. 
So another thing I have to point out, if you want to bring up those sermons, this is just all the sermons that we went through, the sermon series, and so much work goes behind what you see up here every weekend. There are so many volunteers, so, uh, Dream Team members, there's so much help uh, that goes into this. Um, and I just wanted to thank our production team and everyone who makes the service happen, because you know what, God is moving. I mean, his word is coming forward, and I've seen people getting freed, and lives being changed, and people getting hungry, and, and that's so much of what we do, is just a regular day in, day out, these weekend services of people connecting and people uh, being touched by God and transformed by him. In our children's ministry, uh, we've seen 43 new families come in and bring our kids in there, saying, yeah, let's, let's help our kids get discipled and fall in love with Jesus. And then outreach, uh, we've had a bunch of new outreach uh, um, uh, initiatives through uh, Pastor Jeremy. Took us out and we did some Christmas uh, outreaches that were so fun. They put up these big old tents and uh, did Christmas plays out in these different neighborhoods and taken us to the next level. You probably saw the trolley over at, uh, on the Christmas parade. I think we've got a picture of that. And uh, you know, got that trolley in so we could go into the neighborhoods with that and do ministry. And so we're still doing tutoring through Extending Grace through five different neighborhoods. We're still doing vacation Bible school. We're still doing um, Bible studies in those areas and mobile relief the mobile food relief is continuing to go which was by the way launched by Arnie be praying for Arnie right now he's having some health issues he's in the ICU right now so if I could ask you guys to lift him up but he launched that mobile food relief and it's still delivering uh, 20 deliveries a month going to people's homes it's about a thousand dollars worth of food per month and uh, just giving to people in need so it's just so cool to see uh, you guys moving on beyond, beyond these walls and ministering outside of these walls. We have a vision uh, to see Olathe served better through extending grace. So we're going to be focusing on new efforts there, finding ways to care for our friends in, in Olathe as well. And so there's all that going on. And then there's these special ministries that take place. And so I counted them. We had 61 events beyond just our regular stuff that we do every week with about 5,000 people who signed up to these different events. So things like what I'm talking about is like serve the city where we uh, canceled church for the week and we went out and and 559 people did 63 projects all morning, uh, invested about 2,000 uh, volunteer labor hours in this community just to make it beautiful and to invest here. And uh, we've seen things like that. Or our uh, Thriving Homes Conference. Uh, we really believe that marriage and family is a key to us going forward right now. And uh, we see that marriages are under assault. And uh, parents, uh, you've got it rough right now. And uh, there's a lot that's coming against your kids. And we want to give you the tools that you need. So actually, um, Sarah Mitchell, who is our children's pastor, is feeling moved. And we agree with her to be our family and marriage pastor. And so she's, yeah, that's, we're excited about that. She's changing roles. And... Um, She's going to, you know, we believe in this. We think it's important, so we're going to invest in it. And uh, we're going to put resources towards it, just like we have uh, with Renell with discipleship and, and Gina with small groups. The things that we care about, we're going to invest in things that are important. Um, we have the ability to uh, send a bunch of kids to Kentucky, middle schoolers. They went to the Ark Encounter and uh, the Bible History Museum, the Creation Museum, and had a great time. Kids Ministry, uh, we had Camp uh, 210 with uh, about 350 kids kids who heard the gospel, had a great time, and then all sorts of fun children's ministry events like Family Nerf Night. That was my favorite one, where we just ran around the sanctuary and shot each other with Nerf guns, and uh, that, was, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, another one that was really fun for Gina and I is uh, we were, uh, for Thanksgiving, we were thinking like um, 
you know, there's other people like us who don't have family nearby. And so you're my family. And so let's, we thought, well, let's have family with people who don't have family. And we'll do uh, Thanksgiving here in the gym. And I honestly thought there would be about 20 people who came. There's a few more. So there, we had 140 people come to that. And we, uh, yeah, and we're calling people all over the place, like, hey, can you cook a turkey? Can you cook a turkey? And we had a bunch of turkeys. We had, uh, I, I had a lot of fun, so that was fun. So, you know, so that's all going on. And then just this facility and uh, your generosity here allows us to use this to serve this city. And so there are funerals here often. Calvin is the, the funeral master. I, I mean, that guy is so good and ministers so well when people are going through grief. And, you know, he has his uh, uh, license for counseling, and he sees probably about 60 people a month uh, in appointments through this church, just doing counseling and the rest of our counseling team. We want people to be whole and well and cared for. Uh, so you invest in that. I just wanted to let you know. And then like uh, the football team, they just had their banquet here. The band has their banquet here. Uh, any way we can open it up to the high school or to the needs here, we, we just do that as much as we can. Uh, in fact, uh, Pope John Paul, they were here, the school. Um, they needed uh, a stage. And so I got this little packet full of thank you notes uh, from their kids. I wanted to read two of them to you. Uh, so this one says, uh, it's from Bella, and it says, uh, oh no, that's not the one I wanted. Yeah, it is. Okay, so Dear Grace Community Church, thank you so much with the play. It was so nice to see you, to let us use your stage. Uh, sincerely, Bella. And I like this one. Dear Grace Community, thank you for letting us use your stage for our Christmas play. Really, thank you, Grace. My favorite thing was the chairs. They are so comfy. So... <laughs> That's good, we got comfy chairs out there. So that's a little bit, just a touch. I, you know, I can't, I don't have enough time to tell you everything that happened uh, throughout the year, but I wanted to just let you know uh, what you're part of and what God is doing in our midst and all glory goes to him. And uh, that's why we're doing this, is for the name of Jesus. But I wanted to touch, now next week I'm gonna preach. I'm gonna preach back like I normally do. And I'm gonna talk about focused and where we're going and what God is asking this church to do in a spiritual sense and uh, what I believe the, the direction he has for us. But I do wanna talk just a few uh, vision things, just a few things that I think are coming here in this next year. And uh, the first, uh, and these are maybe the less important ones, but we are talking about some building things. And uh, so the, the land to the uh, north of us, that property, we don't have a clear plan for that yet. Um, uh, thank you for your generosity to make that happen. Um, one of the things that I have in mind for that, that just kind of keeps coming, this isn't a promise, this isn't a plan, uh, but the, it's an idea. And the idea that keeps coming is uh, what I call the Grace Center. And it's just a, like one aspect of the Grace Center could be uh, a store where uh, people come and uh, who need help and need assistance, they can come in with dignity and we give them some credit and they go in and they just shop and get what they need at that time. But somehow to meet some community needs in a practical way, that's one of the things that I dream about and I pray for as I look at that, uh, that property. Uh, but first, we feel like we need to take care of the property that we already have and make the most of what we already have. And a need, an immediate need that we have at this moment is youth. Um, they don't fit in the youth center. And so uh, what our plan is, uh, we were hoping to move on soon, is that we want to triple the size of our youth center right there, just build it out. And um, so now we've got some uh, bids on it and it's expensive. 
so the first bid is $1.8 million. And so we're looking at uh, doing that and figuring out how to sharpen our pencils, how, how to make that happen. But the council has said, and now you know that our finances are overseen by a council. There's five members of our council. And the council has agreed to say, yes, let's do that building, but no, let's not take uh, debt to do it. So we're going to try, we're going to raise the funds, and when the funds come, we're going to build it. And I know that that sounds like a crazy big number, but, you know, I think about this property here. I mean, I think we spent about a month uh, working on resources for that. In a month, you gave a half a million dollars towards that. So I think this is very, very viable and doable for our youth. And I think that uh, it's not going to just touch our youth, but it's going to touch the future youth, and we're going to make it a youth center where, where kids from the community can come and use this and where they can uh, be touched and find God and find a safe place. So, uh, and here's another cool thing. Before we even said we were going to do that, um, a gentleman came and gave us a $100,000 matching gift towards it. So God's already providing. I just got to believe that he's going to make it happen, right? Yeah, praise God. So another building thing that we're looking at is our Delta campus has been renting. Uh, if you've ever been there, really cool place uh, that they're at, and we really like the building, but we're renting it. And we're getting to a place now where rent is going like this, and we think that mortgage is going to be about the same. Um, that If we own the thing, we'd actually have about the same payment pretty soon. We've been saving money for that. So we have about $600,000 uh, between the two campuses that we've saved towards that building. And our, our hope then is to uh, talk the price down a little bit, and then also to uh, save some more money. And we think that if we can get about another 500000 between those two things, that it'll actually be cheaper to buy the place than to rent the place. So our Delta campus is working on that. But I, I want you to understand that buildings are not vision. Okay, and that's so the church gets crossways on buildings. And, and let me tell you why it's not vision, because what happens when the building's done? Now what do we do? Yeah, we got the vision. Everybody go home, right? And so um, buildings are containers of the vision. It's a tool and a vehicle for the vision. And the vision that I want to talk about is actually happening. We're actually seeing the vision take place right now. And the real vision for our church, the place that we're going, is, and you've heard it before, is that we become, it's what we are becoming. We are becoming a people who give and grow as we gather. And I want to read a passage for you in Acts 2 that I think uh, this paints a picture of what I think God wants to do here, what God is starting to do here, and where I think we're going. This is what I think church could be like. This is what church should be like. And you know what? This is what church is going to be like. All right, it's Acts 2.42. And it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So there's connecting, there's gathering, Right? and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I am so excited that we are a church of prayer. This is the fuel for what we're doing. We're becoming a people of prayer. You wouldn't come to the prayer service on New Year's? Wasn't that off the hook? I mean, God was moving. So I want to see more of that. I want to see God move in big ways. And everyone was filled with awe. I want a church where like, whoa. Look at what God is doing. Wow. I believe that's what he has for us, that we're filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Yes, Lord. Do wonders. Heal people, Lord. And then also come in and, and heal lives and heal marriages. Do amazing things among, our, among us, Lord. And all the believers were together, and they had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. You see their sacrifice. You see their connection. They gave to anyone as he had need. Lord, let this church meet needs. 
And every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Lord, help us to gather regularly. And they broke bread in their homes, in our small groups, in our discipleship, connecting with one another, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's the vision. That's what I see for church. And that's why we're talking about give and grow as we gather. And you know, it says, and God added to their numbers daily. And you know what? I want this church to grow. And not because I can say, hey, we got a big church. Yay, we're growing. Because every single number matters. Every single person matters. You know, I get together with the pastors twice a month, and we pray together, and we pray for one another. And you know what we pray? We pray pray blessing on each other's churches. We pray that each other's churches will be filled to overflowing. I want every church in this town to grow. I want the kingdom of God to go forward to see freedom and life and transformation. And so, yeah, we want to see growth because that's life. Yeah, let's clap about that. God moves throughout this place. Let's do it, right? So I am inviting you to just wherever you are, just to take one step, one step deeper in. That's what I'm asking you to do. And to give, grow, or gather. So to grow to take a step into growing. So I'd like to see the 600 people in small groups. I'd like to see that grow to 1,100 people in small groups where everyone needs to be discipling, everyone needs to be discipled. That's how God did it. It's relationship. That's where the transformation takes place. So if you're not in a small group, I wanna challenge you in February, we're gonna have a small group launch. Come and be part of it, find a small group. Find a way to get connected. And then to give, and yes, that's financially, but that's not primarily what I'm looking for or what I'm asking of. I mean, we have to keep giving financially. We get to do that, and that's part of our worship. But I'm talking about your talents and what God has deposited in you and giving that away. You have gifts to give that this church needs and that this community needs. And so it's great that we have 400 people in our dream teams, but I wanna see 1,100 people in our dream teams where where you're giving and living on mission and you're finding your purpose and you're growing. And so come to Growth Track if you're not connected, if you haven't found a way. Listen, in three weeks, we will help you find a way to get started. And you may not start with your final ministry, but once you get going, God will bring you there. And then to gather. We want to keep gathering together, and I want to see the baptisms continue to grow. And for you, you're doing the evangelism. You're bringing men. You're leading them to Christ. And so to see greater attendance and greater gathering and greater connection. And I want to tell you something right now. I want to commission you. So if this is your church, right now you are deputized, okay? You have a badge. I give you the badge. And that badge is pastor, it's minister, it's leader. And what I'd like you to do when you come here is not just come to church, but I'd like you to minister while you're here. To not just say, well, what can I receive? But to come and say, now, what can I give? And you know, who can I find here to pray for? And who can I find to care for? And who can I reach out? And who can I take out to lunch afterwards? And who can I invite to my small group? And how can I connect? And how can I bring people in? It's really easy to hide here when there's 1,100 people, all right? And I'm deputizing you. Don't let them hide. Go get them. Go find them and bring them in. And, and do that ministry. And I would ask that you would come to church expectantly and that your prayer in the morning isn't, I mean, part of it is, Lord, how can I meet you? Lord, I want to worship you. Lord, I want to hear from you. That, that's part of it. But I'll, would you come every time you come into this place, say, Lord, how can I serve you? Lord, how can I reach out? Will you show me one person I can just touch? Just one person I can hug, one person I can just bring into what God has to do. You're deputized now, okay? Because I'm not doing this. We're doing this together. We are the church. 
this is how it's gonna be powerful. This is how we're gonna become what we read right there in Acts, is that all of us step into what God has for us. And it's gonna change, this is changing this community, but it's gonna transform this region. That's what God's gonna do through you as we step in. And Eric's right, and we just tasted it. We've just tasted it. And there's so much more that God has for us. But it's all of us saying, yes, God, use me. Yes, God, I'll be part of it. So that's my challenge for you. That's what I want to ask you to do. And I want, to, I want you just to be amazed as you see us, as we focus on him, how he does amazing things through us. And you know why? Because he's worthy. Because he's good. You know, I just want people to know how good Jesus is. Isn't Jesus good? Has Jesus been good to anyone here? Has he been good to you? He's so good. Well, why, why would we keep that a secret? Why wouldn't we give our whole lives to that? Is there anything more worthwhile? So I want to encourage you just to help the world see how good Jesus is, to live it, to be so full of joy in his life that they come in, that they come to know him. So let's stand up right now. We're just going to give him praise because he is worthy. Listen, this isn't about us. It's not about what we've done. It's not about how good we are. It's all about Jesus. Anything worthwhile that's ever happened in this room or in this ministry is by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we want more of his Holy Spirit. And he is worthy of all of our praise. And listen, your prayers and your praise and your service, they go up like an incense before God, like an offering. And it's a sweet-smelling offering to him. And he's so pleased with you. But there is more for you. So let's give him praise right now for what he's done. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.